If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, then welcome to the Just Not Sports podcast. This is the show where a couple guys who work in sports talk to the people who play and cover sports about anything they like, just not sports. On today's show, we will talk to ESPN College Hoops reporter C.L. Brown and SB Nation Baltimore Ravens writer Chris Braven Brown, two brothers who grew up loving action figures, even the G.I. Joe version of The Fridge. And we'll also go deep on the Kevin Durant movie, Thunderstruck, a movie where KD's agent tries to help him out of a slump by tasing a kid. (laughs) That is a real thing that happened, and we are going deep on it. I'm your co-host, Brad Burke. I'm a sports marketer in Chicago. Joining me in studio, a oh-so-fresh-faced sports media strategist who has worked for the University of Colorado, the Green Bay Packers, and many global sports brands. His name, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Willard. Adam, my mom said she texted you this weekend. What the f***'s up with that? Uh, your mom? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a joke. Shouldn't I be telling the mom a joke punchline? No, no. My mom's like, I texted Adam, and I'm like, okay, I'll see him tomorrow. (laughs) What? She wanted a shirt. Oh, her shirt back? My mom texted you to get her shirt. She she wanted a Just Not Sports shirt, (laughs) which you said no one would request, but turns out our friends and family definitely want them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, She also... She also wanted to tell me that the show, the podcast is better when I'm on it and that I really should have been on with Judy Batista. And I told her that I agree. I should always be on. That's cool. My mom has told, never once told me she listens to the show. <laughs> and, you know, every time she texts, it goes to my email. So how she got it to work for you, I have no idea either. Gareth's wife, your mom. <laughs> I have a fan club. Oh, wow. getting Joe Reed, lock up your girlfriend. Yikes. Um, Gareth, also with us, our Emmy-winning sports producer. Actually, you know what, guys? Golf clap. Gareth, how many new sports Emmys did you add to the shelf this week? Uh, Only one, but it was a big one. Uh, CBS Sports won for Super Bowl 50, best live event. It was the last award of the night. It was a big deal. Everybody was very happy. Uh, I was up in a couple other categories and did not win, but eh, what are you going to do? That was the big one, and that's what matters. Vern Lundquist, who incidentally, legend, uh, you'll be hearing about. <clears throat> yeah, you'll be hearing about him in a couple minutes for the Hammer segment. But uh, he was given a Lifetime Achievement Award. Bill Raftery, who I also love, uh, won for Best Live Analyst. The, those two were. It was really cool to see them win in the same night. They're both great guys who I've loved working with. So, you know, it was a good night at the Emmys. Yeah, I love those guys, and congratulations. You also lived out the Just Not Sports lifetime dream of appearing next to Shaq on the Sports Emmys <laughs> main webpage, which I saw instantly and screen captured within five seconds. So, Shaq, uh, we are coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Across America, put your hands together for our producer, Joe Reed. Joe, uh, according to Instagram, you went to Disney World with no kids. What's wrong with you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) There were kids there, but we did have some dates without kids, and it was awesome. I'd never been to Disney World before. 
Without kids. What are you talking about? Well, it was like half Do and you half. Have kids? It was like half and half. No, we went with like nieces and nephews. It was oh. like half. It was like half oh, with phew. like okay, we get to do roller coasters and like have drinks at Epcot and just like go all the way. And I then it was like in a white van scenario. Oh no no no! <laughs> all the way at Disney World. You went and then, all the way at Disney World. And then the other, you know, the other days are you know meeting princesses and uh, you know hanging out in the castle. You're it was weird. magical. You're a strange guy. Whatever. On this show, the people who listen, the people we call beautiful and unique sparkle ponies in the words of Chris Cluey, all know that we don't just invite people on. We go public with our invites because if you've expressed an interest in something, it means that you are bound to come on Just Not Sports and talk to us about it. So we call this process slamming the hammer. It's time to slam the hammer on a few unsuspecting souls in the sports world to join us. Gareth, Mr. Emmy winner, let's start with you this week. Who do you want to slam the hammer to? Uh, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, two years ago, I had the privilege of working on a documentary called In Your Life, uh, Vern Lundquist, 50 Years in Television. Uh, it was a great piece to work on. I was a producer. Pete Radovich directed it, and uh, it came out really great. And I've talked to Vern about it a number of times since. Um, I spent a lot of time on the road with Vern. And so I would love to get Vern Lundquist on to tell some of his stories not necessarily around sports, but he's very into classical music, has great stories about uh, really the television industry before it was a behemoth. Bowling for dollars would hopefully come up and anything else he wants to talk about. So Uncle Vern, the hammer has been slammed. We want you to come on and tell us some stories. Love it. Love Vern. Adam, hammer me. Well, so this is going to take me a minute to get to. I need It requires a little bit of setup, but... Um, so I think as I've told you guys, been super stressed lately, but I did pull myself away for a couple hours a couple of weeks ago to see Captain America Civil War. Um, outstanding movie. And um, to me, it was really cool because there's introduction of a new character um, named, or not a new character to the cinematic Marvel Universe, Black Panther. Is that the one Olivia Munn plays? No. Um, what was impressive <laughs> is I know I know that man. The Black Panther is is played by someone we've talked about recently, Jackie Robinson. Chadwick Boseman, aka Jackie oh, Robinson. Oh, the guy who played Jack uh, played Jackie Robinson in Forty One. What do you mean? Forty <laughs> One. Uh, we've talked about this movie and how Jackie Robinson played himself, and now he's extended his forty two by. What are you trying to do? What is this bit? Jackie Robinson is a movie star. He's playing Black Panther. I mean, it's a roundabout joke. We thought it ended. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I think it's hilarious. Not edit this out. This is all we're keeping it. I don't quite get it, but Chadwick Boseman. Played Jackie Robinson in the movie Forty Two. No, this but is we talked about of, how Jackie Robinson played himself in the. movie. I know. So then you take Jackie Robinson playing himself to the same actor playing Black Panther. I think that's where Adam's going with the joke. Just to be clear, <laughs> we're we're throwing we the can hammer fix down. This in post, right? We're throwing the hammer down to Jackie Robinson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. Who's Who's cool. Chadwick Boseman? I, I'm always up for hammering a dead guy. I know. We, I we like a dead guy. I'm always dead. up for hammering a dead guy. <laughs> you win, Gareth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. On that note, Joe Reed, America, put your hands together for a hammer from Joe Reed. Go, Joe. Don't blow it. We'll take away your mic. 
Oh, God, I'm so nervous. Um, okay, so I'm a big Seinfeld fan. You guys might have heard of the show. Ugh. And yeah, <laughs> of, course, of course, Garrett's like, I'm going to take the Seinfeld. Oh, Seinfeld, how could you? Whatever. Show's fine, man. I, I was I was so going to hold myself to not referring to Joe as a millennial, but now you're just like some early 40s sports writer type who probably likes Bruce Springsteen on the side. Who's Bruce Springsteen? Uh, just go. <laughs> So one of my favorite episodes is called The Abstinence, and it's where George's girlfriend has mono, and he can't have sex with her for six weeks. And so during this time, he basically becomes like a savant. He's like solving puzzles, oh, yeah. and he remembers where he left his retainer in third grade. And one of the scenes, he works for the New York Yankees, and one of the scenes is him teaching Derek Jeter and Bernie Williams basically how to hit. And it's really funny. It's a great episode. So I want to shout out or uh, throw the hammer down to Bernie Williams because in researching this, I found out that one, he recently graduated from the Manhattan School of Music with a bachelor's degree awesome. in jazz composition. Awesome, which is cool. So I'd want to learn about like how was it being on Seinfeld and your musician, and he was nominated for a Latin Grammy, which is crazy. So that uh, Renaissance Williams, man. Yeah. Just not sport. What do we call? What do we call someone who is a Renaissance man away from sports? A Renaissance man. But what's a what's an you know what's a sports <laughs> version of that? I don't know. I think Renaissance man works. All right, he's a, he's a just not sports Renaissance <laughs> man. Anyway, good hammer. That's so, good. Yankee on Seinfeld, musician, Latin Grammy nominee. We're in. Lots to talk about. Bernie Williams. All hey, right. Can I actually share a cool New York story? Last week, I was walking to the office. And I was on 57th Street walking west, and I walked by this place called the Brooklyn Diner. And I looked up, and there was Colin Quinn sitting at a booth in the window telling a story, like talking to somebody. And I was like, oh, that's cool, Colin Quinn. And I was walking towards him, and I saw him looking across the table at the person he was talking to. As I walked by, I followed his eye line, and there was Jerry Seinfeld sitting across from him, sipping a cup of coffee. And I was like, that was pretty cool. Those two guys just sitting there eating breakfast as they do. So that was a good New York moment. Awesome. All right, guys, uh, I'm going to take it down a notch and get a little serious. I want to have an intervention with, with someone in the sports world who I think has had a lot of potential to become a true renaissance man away from sports but has not lived up to it. So real quick, I Googled this person's name and the word distraction. The the The, the, the the fabled sports writer cliche distraction, as though this person's interest away from his his chosen profession is like the ultimate poison to lay in the in the uh, carpet of the locker room. Two thousand seven hundred results on Google pop up right away hmm. that he's a dis- distraction. Can we guess once you've done this yeah. intro? Okay, but IMDb no current movie roles. I can find no evidence of upcoming rap albums. Nothing in the pipeline that I can find to be a distraction. So, Joe, who do you think it is? The first person I think of is Johnny Manziel, but I think his distraction is a legitimate. Yeah, no, one. I think I think like having a drinking problem and beating, That's an beating your girlfriend is a distraction. Maybe not in Joe Reed's Disney World <laughs> Terror Dome, <laughs> but in regular yeah, life. Right. This is the guy who kidnapped kids in the white van. I know. Disney World experience. So, guys, I- I'm talking about Dwight Howard. Going on the teacups. Oh, good one. 
I, I need to go on a rant here for a second, okay? So bear with me, Sparkle Ponies, because it's about it's about to get a little intense. I mean, you guys really didn't hang in there for my Jackie Robinson thing, so I'm hesitant, but okay. Dwight Howard, we've met Dwight. I've worked with him. He's a entertaining guy. I get it. He's a little over the top, but that's why I liked him. Was like he just wanted to be, you know. I liked he wanted to be a brand. He wanted to be a name. He wanted to go to L.A. You remember all the L.A. He's going to L.A. He just wants to be a brand. He wants to like be the man, big man on campus. And then he goes to Houston, and it's like they're in the conference finals last year. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Dwight's gonna like totally blow it, you know, NBA wise, by like getting distracted with all the accolades and go do this stuff. And it's like he did because on the court it like didn't pan out, and they like barely made the playoffs and just sank out of it. But where is the byproduct of that distraction? I'm going to need like a Rockabilly album or like three appearances on like CW shows that like I can't even keep track of on my DVR because you're too busy showing up. James Harden, James Harden, your teammate, Dwight, now I'm getting really upset. Your teammate dated a Kardashian and you sat back, Mr. Air quote, distraction and air quote, and allowed that to happen and did not up the ante by dating someone like Kris Jenner or who, who knows? You need to step Jenner. up your game, sir. I, I, I believe in you, Dwight. I believe that you have what it takes to become a true clubhouse, air quotes, cancer, and do awesome stuff away from sports. The very simple theory behind his lack of success on the court is I don't think he likes basketball. Right. We assume athletes love their jobs. I don't think he well, likes then where it that is much. The movie? He's just seven Shaquille O'Neal, by the time I don't Shaquille O'Neal had... I don't think he wants... Who knows what his secret passion is? Maybe he doesn't want you to know. By that the time Shaquille O'Neal was five years in the league, he'd had like three movies and two rap albums. Dwight, this was... Does you know, he owe it to you to tell you what he does away from the court? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, he does not. But I'm just saying, I, I feel like there's potential being wasted. I have to say, like I loved actually what Adam said. And this is where it gets interesting about these about athletes as brands versus athletes. Like, I lo- I don't know. Certain players end up playing these sports not because they love them, but because they're good at them, and it becomes a means to an end. I remember living in Boston circa 2004 and 2005 when Keith Folk was there, and he openly he was very good as their closer and he kind of openly hated playing baseball and when anybody would try to he was very just not sports about it when anyone tried to talk baseball with him he's like dude i don't really like baseball I'm more of a hockey guy so if you want to talk sports let's just talk hockey uh and fans hated him for it but man that honesty was awesome the alternate part of that though is if you're not going to love the sport maybe just use it to become a brand bot and just own as much real estate in the culture in culture as you can and be in movies and have an energy drink and bad shoes and a cereal and just milk it for all it's worth. I mean, when you've got shoulders like that guy, my God, it's incredible. First of all, he could be in Shazam too. In a heartbeat. It's cousin. It's cousin. Get it right or you're off the show. Just real quick, I'll wrap it up. I'm not really mad at Dwight. I just think Dwight would be great. Look, Kevin Durant, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, has a movie out. LeBron James is going to be starring in Space Jam 2. was awesome in Trainwreck. This generation has shown they can balance doing great stuff with being great players. Dwight, it is in you. 
Let's we do believe this in thing. you. Dwight, we love you. Come on the show. Let's talk about your next career move. Uh, if you've got someone you want us to talk to, email us justnotsports at gmail.com or tweet at us at justnotsports. We're going to take a quick break right now. We will be back with a very fun interview. Uh, ESPN's CL Brown, as well as uh, SB Nation's Ravens reporter, Chris Braven Brown, breaking down their lifelong love of action figures. Stay tuned. Joining us on the show right now is a tag team of sports scribes. C.L. Brown is a national college <laughs> basketball reporter for ESPN.com, and his brother, Chris Braven Brown, is a writer and editor for the Baltimore Ravens fan site, BaltimoreBeatdown.com. Sports was a big part of their life growing up, obviously, but so too were old school action figures. So today we're going to tackle everything from G.I. Joe to GoBots. So thank you guys both for joining us. CL, I'm going to start with you. Which toy did you two fight yes, over sir. the most growing up? <laughs> wow, that's a good question. Um, I really can't remember too many times where we, because I, I kind of feel like we complimented each other in some respects in, in who our favorites were. Uh, for instance, um, you know, with, with G.I. Joe collection, uh, I was partial to like Storm Shadow and and Snake Eyes, the Ninja yes. Mystique, and everything. Yep. And uh, Chris was more like Duke and Flint, kind of the commanders of the group. So, <laughs> what about uh, Roblox? I, I don't feel like there no was a Roblox. lot of times in terms of that where we really conflicted. I do remember though, Chris. Chris can chime in more on this because he's obviously older than me. Um, when uh, he asked for a gift. Uh, six million dollar man <laughs> and and a rocket ship that he fit in and six million dollar man was like um twelve inches like uh, it was a good yeah totally um, yes. he asked for it but for some reason our father at the time gave Chris the spaceship and put my name on the actual you know Lee Majors doll so um <laughs> I, I think that caused a little bit of of. Uh, conflict, but I was so young at the time, you know, Chris kind of used to get out mind tricks on me back then. So uh, I think he still kind of got his way with it. <laughs> well, you know what? That was actually a, uh, I, I barely remember um, that moment, although I can tell you exactly where I was sitting in the living room on Joe Sun Road in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, what time of day it was, what I was wearing, uh, what Corey was wearing, uh, <laughs> the, the presence surrounding us, um, where everybody was juxtaposed in the room. No, listen, that was traumatic because, you know, first of all, I was Steve Austin. It wasn't just, you know, that I, I collected, you know, I wanted the toys, but I was him. And so somehow, he, Corey, Corey mistakenly said our father. I think he meant Santa. I think he meant Santa Claus. But, uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> for, all the, for all the kids listening out there, uh, somehow, somehow, um, yeah, we got it confused. Actually, probably my father was just being strategic and getting us to share. And he gave me the rocket, and it's a, it's a cool rocket. Like it's a big rocket for a you know a Ken doll size toy. So and the six million dollars Steve Austin, the six million dollar man was you know he had the roll up skin with the electronic chips underneath. He was the bomb. His eye had a little light, you know, because he had a bionic eye. I mean, it was awesome. 
But he, he gave it to Corey. I mean, Corey had it, and Corey's just like happy as a lot. He's happy as can be. He's on there playing with it. He's like, hey, this and I'm here with an empty, you know, rocket. Like, what am I? What am I going to do with this thing? Like, this thing, it only fits Steve Boston. You know what I'm saying? It 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 converts into the surgical board that they used to, you know, do surgery out of a vacuum bionic. But again, that's Steve Austin. What am I going to use this for? If I put Luke Skywalker in, he's dwarfed in this thing. This is way too big for him. All right, so that was dramatic. That was a dramatic moment. And uh, I really think Corey got the best of that. To be honest, with you, I could not get a mind trick him or anything. I, I really think Corey got the best of it. I had to just wait my turn. Just a bit of clarification. Um, I, I go by CL as a professional, but my family calls me Corey still. So in case anybody is <laughs> right. wondering why Chris talking about Corey, that's it. So speaking of, I'm glad you said Jedi mind trick because I don't think I was excited about any toy more than I was excited about the Star Wars yes. figures. Was there was that ever a point of contention between you two, or was that uh, something that you two collected? We didn't well, really collect this kind of Star Wars. Um, uh, well, I, I took uh, my first, the first birthday party I remember having was uh, at a Burger King, and I remember getting Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi, um, like he was put inside of like this sandbox, uh, you know, a sandbox bucket set deal and so for the longest time that was my only star wars figure i I, later on i I got boba fett which is still to this day my favorite uh favorite action figure like the coolest looking like i would hang out with boba fett right now like you know like (laughs) the coolest one and i was so mad the way he died um but i we we didn't have a ton I, i don't know uh how how Chris felt about Star. We loved the you know the movie and the series, but it was just never. I, I never you know really got enthralled about trying to build that collection. We co- we come from a family of five siblings. You know, they're two boys, two girls. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm three boys, two girls. And so you know, we all had our moments. You know, pairing off doing things. But one one memory that Corey and I share is um, at the original Star Wars at the theater in '77. Um, and you know they had the 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 words scrolling up the screen, you know, to open it up. And I'm sitting there reading it to Corey, you know, because he's too young to get to to really read with it to go that fast. And so I'll never forget that moment. But I mean, you know what? We were more um, Battlestar Galactica, you know, kids. I, I was more the Battlestar Galactica kid. And I, I and I collected a ton of those. I used to save my uh, lunch money. And not not going by lunch, <laughs> so that I could go and get, you know, Battlestar Galactica figures uh, from from the the toy store. And uh, I remember they had a guy named Imperious Leader. Now, I don't know if anybody remembers this guy, but so Imperious Leader. If you saw the Star Wars movie that just came out, Force Awakens, um, and you saw who uh, Kylo Ren was reporting to, that big ominous character that was really a hologram. As soon as I saw that. I'm like, that's Imperious, that's like Imperious Leader. Imperious Leader used to sit up on this throne and they'd come in there and they'd go, by your command, you know. So I got the Imperious <laughs> Leader and he had this huge, he had this huge head. I'll never forget, like, just a huge head. And and I was like, oh, okay, that's that's what he looks like, a huge head. 
Um, so yeah, we were more. I think we were more. I influenced Corey more along those lines. But I didn't know that Corey liked Boba Fett though. Uh, that's awesome because you know I really like Boba Fett. That might have been one that we fought over. No one doesn't like Boba Fett. All right, let's just get that on the table. Boba Fett is amazing. And so everything. for the people who's hunting, <laughs> right? So what about GI Joe? Because of all the when I think of action figures, the ones that pop into my head are GI Joe. I think of. Um, I think of He-Man for some reason. I don't know why. But just Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles and Transformers, I think, are, might be like... And Star Wars are kind of like my, One my more. five. One more. What? Voltron. Oh, yeah. Voltron is right there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Voltron's the real deal. So, uh, like, I can remember going to my cousin's house, and they had they always had way more stuff than I did. Like, I had, like, my fair share, but they had, like, the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. And like the big, like they had, I would have like, oh my God. yeah. And like we would set up, we would spend like four hours setting up like all the action figures on yes. the aircraft carrier, like with like the the basement floor being like the ocean and build little islands and stuff. This was guys, this was three weeks ago. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and <laughs> and so I would, but we and we would play like like probably twenty minutes to tear it all down, but like hours to build it up. So what was your guys? playing style like together would you just kind of create universes did you ever mix and match the sets or was it kind of regimented i'm just curious how you interacted with the action figures oh no no we you can't mix and match there's no 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 no. those <laughs> this whole you know crossing universes thing that that did not exist in those days you, you know we had to keep them separate we had to keep them separate so important um but uh yeah we 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 had what we call adventures so we would yeah we totally get you know, maybe five Joes. We had, uh, overall, we had like 60 Joes in the end. We collected a lot of G.I. Joes. And, and uh, we get like maybe a squad of five, maybe a squad of five bad guys, you know, and go to somewhere, some kind of terrain, you know, and uh, and, and go at it. We had vehicles, you know, we, we had, we didn't have, we never got like the aircraft carrier or the Conquest, you know, that, that inverse-looking jet. Um, but we, we had a lot, though, man. We had a his tank, you know, we had the Jeep. We, we just had a ton of stuff. Um, but the one I remember the most, the one little adventure I remember the most was our, our friend down the street from us had, he collected Transformers and GoBots, and we really we considered them to be the enemy of G.I. Joe uh, because, you know, I was so competitive just from a sales standpoint. I'm a kid, but I'm not kidding you. I, I was very competitive and wanted my brand to win. You know, I wanted G.I. Joe to win out. Um, so... We went down to our friend's house, and we're on his porch, and we we're having a battle. It was now this is a crossing of the universe. It was his, you know, GoBots Transformers versus our GI Joes, and I mean, we had those boys surrounded. He had one. Um, what was the the Panther? The Panther. Corey, do you remember what the Panther's name was? Like, I can't remember, I but remember. he. He he supposedly this panther could like jump around at super speeds and do all this stuff, and so we got an argument over that. Well, no, the, the, that's metal. He can't jump around and bend around and all that stuff. Here, let me just crush him with this helicopter. That's over. And and you know we got so serious. Is me and Corey against our neighbor that he started crying. He he started crying. He just gave up at one point. He started crying and and then uh, um, his father his father came home and he saw us all going at it and stuff and he's like. You, well, you got some more toys inside, don't you? I mean, he, he wanted his son to go and add to his armory <laughs> so that he could he could win. <laughs> uh, no <laughs> offense, guys. Was, no avail. 
Guys, no offense, but Transformers <laughs> is kicking the shit out of G.I. Joe every time. Yeah, right. Oh, no. Oh, no. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, so, so you know, first of all, we're talking about, you know, huge machines, all right? Transformers are huge machines, you know, and they're not going to be limber. Uh, they're not going to be, like, really fast in the transformation and things like that. Hey, I mean, I'm talking about I'll take Duke. um I'll take Duke, I'll take Flint, I'll take Roadblock uh, with his 50 caliber, um, and I'll take Storm Shadow, and I'll take uh, Snake Eyes. They'll take out any Transformer. I'll give them five minutes. No, They'll take the, the whole thing. They'll sheer, take them out. Listen, the sheer size and durability of the Transformers versus these very fragile human figures in G.I. Joe is not even <laughs> yeah. a contest. And I and and listen, <laughs> listen. I love Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes, like just like you would hang out with Boba Fett. I wish those guys had taught me ninjutsu, but that didn't happen, and the Transformers <laughs> would destroy them. Wait, wait, no, that's not true. Transformers. Hu- I, I human- think you're scorned. I think you're scorned because that you got rejected by the Ninja Academy, and so <laughs> you just went with Transformers. Also, he's wrong. See how he's wrong. In in the Transformers universe, human beings got into like exosuits. And they could fight Transformers. No, that was in a terrible movie that I think Michael B. Jordan was in. The movie was the Transformers movie was the real deal. I will not hear you slander its name. The GI Joe movie, I believe, is what you're talking. He's well, talking me, about the original, yeah, the original GI Joe movie. Right. And 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 CL, let me ask you about what kinds. Did you have any favorite like lesser known, um, you know, action sets? I, I'm thinking of like your if like if like the five I mentioned earlier were the cream of the crop. I'm thinking more. Like muscle men or mask or like battle beasts. Like, were there well, any like lower heralded uh, action figures <laughs> that you guys liked? Well, I'm I'm about to really embarrass myself. Um, it wasn't it wasn't exactly a, a collection of action figures, but I I got this set. I was I don't know how old I was. I was young for sure. That had Sesame Street characters. So um, we used to get like some dice from you know whatever board game and we would play football with the uh with Sesame Street characters. So, you know, it would be like uh, it was, usually it was two on two, so it'd be like um Ernie and and there was there was a kid named Roosevelt. He kinda had a kind of like a fuchsia colored face. And Perfect. so uh, that boy that was my favorite. Yeah, that was my favorite. And somehow we picked up this this manager of McDonald's from something totally separate that we just called Squarehead because he was shaped in a square manner and got a square head. Um, so, yeah, that that was probably for a while. Like, we, we basically had a football league that we played with those teams. Totally. Um, totally, yeah, so. It was called the Muppet yeah. Football League. The Muppet Football yeah, League. We, really? We did that a lot. We had a tendency to take a lot of things and turn them into a league. We had we had a Tudor football league with with our friends. Uh, where yeah, I mean you know that could, that could I think that could squeeze in there in the action figure genre. We had those Tudor electronic vibrating football boards, and we literally had a league with our neighbors and friends, like Corey said, and uh, 
you know, we were we were serious about that. But I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a super expose right here, right here, live. Here we go. So one day I come home from school, okay? Now, you got to understand, we had our teams, you know, we had, you know, our players set the numbers, everything, and we were serious about this league and, and playing and stuff. I walk in the room. And there sits my beloved younger brother on the field, the board running with his one of his strongest players and my baddest player, number 24, my baddest player. And they were going heads up. He had them going heads up. I don't even know exactly what he was trying to achieve there, like what, but, but you know, totally busted him, totally illegal, that's tampering. That's, you know, illegal use of, of another man's player. And there's so much, so much going on like there. And years later, he still can't let it go. <laughs> and I refuse to apologize for that anyway, because it's not, if I was cheating, I would have taken his base away. The player didn't matter. It was about the base they had on him. And I could say you were cheating because that dude had the rookie base set and not the pro base set. And that's why he was faster because he was lighter. And I figured yeah. that out. <laughs> there's something about the weights, though. The way they're the way they're leaning, you got to say there's something to it. There's something to the way they're. That guy was supposed to be a tackle, by the way, but he's my best runner. He's awesome. Well, what was the what was the greatest disappointment? Like the thing that you wanted the most? And I'll give you mine. I I can remember. I think my grandma came to visit in like 1986 or something, and I got twenty dollars from her, and so did my sister. So of course that like that week we're at the mall and I'm like, I want to buy this inspector gadget, you know, doll thing that was, you know, had a helicopter for its head and stuff. And I was picturing it like being really cool, like inspector gadget. And it sucked. And then my sister, of course, like used the money. (laughs) My sister used her $20 for like everything, like spread it out over like eight weeks. You know, she's like, Oh, I'll get ice cream while we're out. Like I've got money. And I'm like, I hate you, Christy. So <laughs> like, I, that's like my most disappointing that I ever was in, in something. Do you guys remember being really excited for a particular action figure? And then when you got it, you're like, this just did not measure up. Uh, I remember um, I was I was heartbroken when I got um, I was a big Lone Ranger fan, too. I, oh, I forgot yeah. to bring that up earlier with that with that set. So uh, my mom got got me the Lone Ranger for Christmas one time and in I, I don't know she was just packaging it her own way so she took him physically out of the package but didn't see the guns taped to the side of the plastic oh, so I yeah. had a Lone yeah. Ranger without his gun oh. but I mean how could I be mad though like you know I mean you know I was I was surprised my mom knew who to get even with you know the instructions and the pictures we used to cut out pictures of what we wanted for Christmas from from a, a Brindle's catalog but um yeah yeah that that was probably my biggest disappointment um it's kind of vague for me but I, I'm gonna go ahead and you know this is something I don't talk about much but yeah I um I wanted a six million dollar man uh doll and I got a rocket so that was, uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, that was, right. Yeah, we, we know yours. We know yours. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I have two. So 
the first one is disappointment because of the figure itself. So you had to send away for this. My, I always had access to all the greatest action figures because my dad was a manager at Target. So he would get stuff as it was shipped in nice. and bring it home. So I got access to the Batmobile before it was out. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. The one I couldn't get my hands on because they didn't release it in stores was the Star Wars Emperor. And when I got oh, yeah. it, it was exactly as you would think. It was a black robe and a wrinkled face. Right. Mm. Lame. And you couldn't do it. There was nothing to do with it. The other one um, was the first Ninja Turtle I bought. I didn't. I, Ninja. Now I think people forget. So the Ninja Turtles were a small, limited release comic, and then became a cartoon. But before it became a cartoon. It was an action figure. They made the cartoon as a marketing tool for the action figure. So before the Ninja Turtles were even on TV, totally. yes. Uh, before the Ninja Turtles were on TV, I bought. I saw these in the store, and guess which one I bought, guys? Donatello. Of the four you picked, I picked the lamest at the time in Donatello. <laughs> Raphael was the lamest. Raphael is a badass. No. Come, we. This is you know, for we're gonna get a, we're gonna, we're gonna our own fight here in a minute with with somebody's dad breaking it up uh, before long. But <laughs> all right, to wrap to wrap up, guys. Um, you know, we we hate how athletes have to go through annoying aptitude tests like the Wonderlick. So on Just Not Sports, we have the Just Not Sports Wonderlike, which is a series of questions about the thing you like. Now, instead of a straight like, we're gonna give you something and let you let you collaborate. We're gonna pit you guys head to head. Like two neighbors battling between GoBots and Transformers, we're gonna give you each. <laughs> we're gonna give you each three questions, and see what you can do. I, I don't know which guy is gonna come out on top. Uh, Joe, do you have a prediction for us? I don't know. This conversation's been very back and forth. I'm excited to yeah, see who wins it. It's gonna be like uh, Colts Patriots 2006. Uh, let's kick it off. So Adam, <laughs> Adam's got the questions locked and loaded. Just make sure to tell you, tell him who's getting them. Sure. Uh, these are pretty tough, guys. I have to say, Brad did uh, outdid himself on these. So here we go. CL. First. Hey, hey, guys, can I say one thing before you start? Oh, yeah. I want to yeah. say one quick thing, and that is I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Adam, you, I, I know you'll appreciate this because uh, I know that you're a fan of um, superhero movies. Uh, I'd be remiss if I did not mention my Captain America um, and Nick Fury collection. You know, I have I have a number of I have like every variation of Captain America, U.S. agent. You know, uh, the ultimate Captain America. You know, the classic Captain America. I have all those things, and, and I just was like, oh, I can't leave that out. I have to mention that. Um, but probably the most embarrassing thing about that is that that's all been gained in like the last five years. That was nothing from way way deep. And <laughs> so like uh, right now, I'm arguing with my four my four year old over. She wants to play. Can't play? No, no. Those are daddies. Yeah. Those are not a toy. You, yes, no. they are. They're toys. Well, they, not a toy, like not a you know play toy. They, they are collectibles, not toys. You can't. Yeah, yeah. You gotta <laughs> keep. Gotta keep those pristine. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's not working, though. He's, uh, he's totally dominating. I haven't totally forgiven my parents for uh, about, I want to say it was like six years ago, they decided that they would give all of my old action figures that I had stored in a bin to the local neighbor kids. Um, so there goes retirement. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah, right. Oh, brutal. All right. All right. Question one. Who's this, who's this one for? CL, question for you. In 19, yes, 1977, 
Star, War, Star Wars sold out-of-action figures so fast, the company who made them had to issue an early bird certificate package. That was just an empty box with an IOU. What company was responsible for this fiasco? Wow. Um, I, I can't remember who made them. I'll, I'll say Hasbro just because I know that was G.I. Joe and they made a lot of stuff. The answer. Can is, I steal? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can ask. Sure, you can steal. We didn't make that up, but yeah, go for it. That would be Kenner. That is correct. Yes. Luckily, there's two of you, but um, collective IQ counts as well. No problem. All right. So the steal. So Chris gets the steal. That's one. That's one down. All right. Now, Chris, you got the, this. Next question is for you. Chris, next one directed at you. Hot Rod became the de facto leader of the Autobots. After Transformers, the movie, what was the name of Hot Rod's alter ego? Wow. Okay. She's talking about enemy territory. Transformers. I intentionally, as a kid, did not want to go see. Uh, let's see. Oh, wow. Um, wait, are you talking about the live action movie or are you talking about the original no, the cartoon, animated movie? The cartoon Hot Rod, when he... When he became like super, he was called what? Oh wow! So if Hot wow. Rod is Clark um, Kent, this would be a Superman. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, uh man, I, I I don't know. Did, did I get partial credit by saying Optimus Prime died in that movie? Ooh, yeah, he, no, he, but no, you, you do not get partial credit. CL, do you want to steal? No, or do you know? there's no partial credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't steal. I, I have no idea. Rod, Rodimus Prime is the answer. Rodimus Prime. I didn't know that one. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So one, one, nothing, Chris. CL, uh, your turn. CL, what was the name of the Green Tiger He Man Road? Oh wow! <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm right not right messing now, around, I'm not guys. I'm not messing around this um, week. <laughs> These are tough, man. I, I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I only remember like a handful of, of Masters of the Universe characters anyway. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Battle Cat. Saber. Saber's <laughs> a good guess. Battle Cat was it, though. Right. Yeah. Battle Cat. All right. Well, this one is going to be along the same difficulty lines. Chris, what was the name of the yeah. cat? Skeletor Road. <laughs> Man, these are rough. Wow. Skeletor his cat. Um I'm gonna go night. Something about the night. I, I don't know. I don't know. No, but good guess. The answer is Panthor. Panthor. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Thundercats, okay. Pantero, uh, yes. who had an uh, amazing voice. Yes. Best All right, so, see how this is the final, <laughs> your final question. Since Chris stole one from you, you have to get this or you are eliminated. This is really <laughs> okay. tough. And this I don't know more. why you're obsessed with cats, but here we go. Um, CL, what, col- <laughs> what color lions make up Voltron's feet? <laughs> His legs. What color on the lines? Oh, um, I should know that one too. 
But, wow. I'm going to guess and say white. No. One is blue. Can I still? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you said one is blue. Uh, Well, I was going to say red. You would be incorrect. It's blue and yellow. How anyone in the world would know this, I don't know. You're I don't a cool person, Brad. <laughs> wow. So that's it. Chris, Chris Braven, you are the yeah. winner. Yeah. You are the winner. So congratulations yeah. for that. You've won the Just Not Sports, the first ever competitive Just Not Sports Wonderlick. We are, um, we are super happy for it. So, guys, we just want to thank you for giving us so much time. It was a lot of fun breaking this down. We want to encourage all of our listeners to uh, read your work. Uh, Seal Brown writes uh, about college basketball for ESPN.com. Chris Braven Brown can be seen on the Baltimore Ravens fan site, BaltimoreBeatdown.com. They are at at CL Brown ESPN on Twitter and at Chris Braven with a B on Twitter. Guys, thank you very much. And try to keep it uh, keep it sane. No violence this Christmas fighting over, uh, fighting over anything. <laughs> nice. As long as Corey gives me that $6 million, man, we're going to be fine. Yeah, right. Well, thank hey, you guys. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun, guys. Appreciate you guys for having us. In Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals, Kevin Durant was ice cold for most of the game, but rallied late to lead the Thunder to a big road win. Media called the performance gutsy and gritty, but I had a different term for it. Rerun. Because the idea of Kevin Durant being good at hoops and then sucking at hoops and then being good again was the exact plot of the 2012 movie Thunderstruck. In the movie, KD trades talent with the team manager of a local high school team, who of course becomes a Kevin Durant-style superstar and forces the real Durant to go back and get his talent. Today, we're going to go deep on Durant's acting chops, the art of making a movie out of a sneaker commercial, (laughs) and whether the entire thing was a reboot of Teen Wolf without the wolf. So, Adam, is Kevin Durant America's greatest, tallest actor? Well, here's the amazing thing about it. it. This movie proved to me that he is a talented actor because he showed a lot of personality in the role. Uh, not something I've ever seen him do in real life. So I was very impressed that he was able to show a range of emotion being like kind of happy, really happy, and frustrated as opposed to regular life where he's just kind of mopey. <laughs> Gareth, would you, would you, we're going to get into the plot here in a second. Uh, but Gareth, by what, the way, what, I do not like Kevin Durant. Or Russell Westbrook. So let's start with that. Just as a, okay, we, we, real quick, clarify. We all work in sports. These wow. people are these people are very nice people. When we say we don't like them, you're talking about as a fan, right? Not as a person. We don't we don't look down on these people I, as individuals. I don't like them professionally because I think they are both exceedingly rude to their local media, and I take it personally as someone who really who worked with local media really to try to help them do their jobs. I really don't like players who are disrespectful for no reason um, to their local media. And Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, maybe because they were brought up in an environment in terms of the team structure that allowed them to do so, but I think they're so disrespectful to their local media. They could say they've been burnt, but there's absolutely no evidence to suggest that. I just really don't like them professionally. So, Gareth, what would you think of the movie? That is 
<laughs> that is like a PFT commenter level strong take. I am yeah. impressed. <laughs> so. uh, it stays in. Gareth, real quick, <laughs> uh, let me, instead of just throwing it to you, let me just give you something to react to. I feel like my this, mouth is agape. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, Gareth, I felt like this movie was better than The Departed, which won Best Picture. So, you know, agree or disagree? I'm not joking. I feel like this is a better well, movie than The Departed. Well, I did not like The Departed. Maybe it's, it's just right, that I think because The Departed is a terrible movie, movie. Stars Leonardo DiCaprio. Every movie that stars Leonardo DiCaprio would just be just a little bit better if it starred Matt Damon. So I love that. Uh, That's a great take. Was this movie better than the? Uh, was this movie? Was Kevin Durant's Thunderstruck better than The Departed? Uh, I don't think that it, I didn't love The Departed, but I don't think, and I don't think it was better than The Departed. But Thunderstruck was better than it needed to be. Let me put it that way. I find myself found myself really liking parts of this movie and actually being impressed by how well thought out other smaller parts seem to be. so Yeah, I mean, look, the movie is, is what it is. I mean, it, it's, it's a very simple story you've probably seen before. So there's a kid, actor Taylor Gray, who is the team's manager. Um, he's at a Thunder game and, and sort of miraculously switches powers or talents with Kevin Durant. So now the kid is great at, uh, at sports and uh, Kevin Durant is not. And then uh, he becomes a superstar, strikes up a love interest with a, an actress who we will just call Jessica Alba's niece. <laughs> That's exactly what she looks like. <laughs> and then uh, eventually Durant's agent, who we'll call fake Kevin Hart, realizes <laughs> realizes what's happening, and they spend quite, quite some time getting uh, Kevin Durant's talent switched back. I, I don't know. Adam, uh, <clears throat> you're, looking, you're still looking like agonized over the, the meaning of it all. What turned me off about the movie and what was a negative trigger for me, I don't know why movies and TV shows insist on perpetuating this image that agents are around the team all the time. The agent is in the <laughs> locker room with the the agent is in the locker room with the player taking media requests, fielding autograph requests. There Jerry Maguire may be a little bit believable since it's only his only client. But what team, Gareth, you've worked in professional sports as well, what team would allow their star player's agent to have limitless access to their team facility? I I, I hear what you're saying. Like, the only teams that I can imagine doing it are those teams that you would roll your eyes at, like, oh, this team, what a mess, totally poorly run. The the Dallas Cowboys have an environment where that might fly. Any other team in the NFL, who is letting an agent in the locker room to field media requests? It's ridiculous. Well, it's a ridiculous movie device that they, for some reason, people insist on doing this. I don't know why it couldn't be the team PR guy, the equipment guy. There's a million people that's around an athlete that would certainly be more authentic in that role. But no, it has to be the agent. This movie would be ten times better if they had cast someone better than fake Kevin Hart as the agent. I just... I, 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 I honestly just was not buying his performance. It was uh, cloying and annoying at times, and I just couldn't I couldn't get around it. And I, it's too bad because it's the type of movie where Kevin is not the the star vehicle. It's really about the performance of the kid. It's about the agent sort of like realizing what's going on and putting them in the right situations. It's about Jessica Alba having a hot niece. 
And so I don't think that there's like a huge <laughs> well, need for. I, I felt like there was a need for those supporting players to be. I thought the kid was fine. Good dribbler, by the way. Yeah, good ball. Salad dribbler, dribbler yeah. yeah. And um, he had a handle, as they said. He did have a handle. And, and the dunks with the kid, Joseph, and dunk looked real. Stop. They did not. <laughs> okay, let me stop. You're let me crazy. Step in here. They did not. Right. Listen, uh, okay. Adam. Yeah. I know how you feel about the movie. I need to know something from you. This occurred. So the kid dunks for the first time. Yeah. You're the only person on just, I don't know if Joe Reed can dunk, but you're the only person who's confirmed to have dunked on this show. Yeah. As the kid dunked for the first time and looked thrilled, I wrote a note. Adam is the only just on sports member to dunk. What was that feeling like the first time you dunked a basketball? Here's what I would say. The first time you dunk a basketball, there, with the exception of maybe Vince Carter, no one's first dunk is really as memorable as that kid. It's usually one-handed, and I did, like, I oh, I got my hand over the rim. Hey, I, I kind of I dunked. Now, the first time I dunked it. It's almost like the first time you have sex when you're like, I knew I, I was right, kind of thinking. Counts, yeah. right? Well, Joe, no, let I you was, know. I was amazing. Uh, anyway, so the first time <laughs> I dunked two-handed... Are you giving him notes to edit as well? No, no. no. Joe's just laughing. Like, he's laughing at it, but he's like sucking uh, it all the in. The first like, time I dunked two-handed was, uh, that felt much cooler. Um, Gareth, I, I want to get serious for a second. Uh, Joe, go ahead. No, I was going to say, my only dunking story is in college. I played intramural basketball. I can't dunk and never have been able to. And I w- had a fast break. And uh, somehow I got I got a fast break and I had the ball and I could hear the other guys on the other team saying like, oh, please dunk it. They were excited. We were getting blown out. They were like, ooh, this guy's going to dunk it. And I like missed the layup. It was <laughs> you're like embarrassing. Tall. I could hear him like, like oh my gosh, this guy's going to dunk it. Because I was tall and it just uh, didn't happen. It was so disappointing. Anyways, back no, to it's like good. My- I mean, Gareth, I want to get serious for a second. Um, <laughs> as... <laughs> Yeah, this is like my Jackie Robinson joke. I don't even know what's gonna happen. As the team, <laughs> as, as the the team manager of our eighth grade basketball team, who hung hung around long enough for someone to get kicked off, for someone to get kicked off the team, so you could get elevated to team status. I just want to know: was this an emotional experience watching another team manager? Find his way onto the team. That was, dude. Honestly, that would have been a great sandbag job if you had been able to kick. I've been laughing at it all weekend. I was watching this on the train on my phone, and I was like, Gareth was the team manager who entered the team. This is the Gareth Hughes story. So, Gareth, I have to ask, who did you steal your powers from? I've yes, I, I made the seventh yourself. grade team and I made the freshman team, but I did not make the eighth grade team. So I signed up to be the manager until <laughs> Joe, somebody whose last name I forget, got kicked off for being too old. Yeah, too old. No, it was Tommy. Tommy <laughs> Keith was like 16 Tommy in eighth Keith, grade. Too old <laughs> he, he to got play. Kicked off. Gareth, wait, Gareth, <laughs> I want to unpack best. this a little bit. When you became <laughs> when you became the manager of the team, did you think Okay, now there's a chance. <laughs> like I'm in the sphere. Or did you think I'm just gonna support the team? Uh oh no, it was definitely with an <laughs> eye towards getting on the team. Let's not let's not kid ourselves with that. Did I'd you been on the team the year before? 
had you had you shaken hands in the tunnel with like Gary Trent or Nick Van Exel, <laughs> Ohio basketball <laughs> yeah, legends yeah. who didn't pan out in the pros, is that what happened to their careers? Nick Van Exel didn't pan out. Nick Van Exel panned out. Been, Nick he was Van great. Was he good. shoved. He shoved a ref in the NBA and got like thrown out of the league, right? Or not? Yeah, yeah like, but he had a good. He had a pretty good run. I don't know. If you, talk, if you talk, yeah, if you talk to Shaq, like Shaq will tell you Nick Van Exel was one of the fa- his favorite players he ever played with. Let's talk about that power switch. Um, it should have been that when I was in eighth it, grade. Yeah, right. I mean, it should have been they got struck by lightning, right? It's a movie called Thunderstruck. Yeah, the and really, City Thunder. He hits. He hits the kid. Hits the, the the bison mask out of the thunder in the head. Yeah, with the ball, and then like through static cling or something. Switches switches powers. It should have it should have been a lightning strike or something. Can we right? set this up? A yeah, little yeah. More so, uh, so th- this uh, fictional version of Gareth gets the chance <laughs> to <laughs> gets a chance to. Sh- he is, Let's just call him movie. He's Gareth. depressed because movie he's, Gareth is good. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. depressed because he's a terrible athlete, and somehow his. Uh, the bullies at school get a hold of his video of him being terrible at basketball. They put it on the cafeteria TV, which, of course, that happens all the time But because kids are dicks. Um, and then the kid, <laughs> kid who is depressed, his dad decides to take him to the Thunder game. And, of course, he gets called, as every character in every movie does, to go shoot the uh, half-court shot. He of course predictably misses. He hits the mask. Uh, wait, hold on. Could I could I step in here? Yes. I did actually get called out of the stands to shoot the half court shot at a Butler basketball game in Indianapolis when I was in eighth grade. Ironically, it was that exact year uh, that I did not make the team, and what? I was supposed to shoot a layup. What? I was Man. supposed to shoot. Hold on. What? I was supposed to shoot a layup, a free throw, a three, and then a half court shot. And I only made the first two. I did not get past the three pointer. So it's like so. You're saying in eighth grade, the year you were the team manager, you also got pulled wait, wait, into wait. half court to take a shot, missed the shot, and then somehow miraculously made the team. This is the Gareth Hughes story, ladies and gentlemen. Mostly, I'm just worried. I should I, I sue the writers of the? Like, should I sue Kevin Durant for stealing this idea? I mean. Let's get that lawsuit done now. <laughs> Clearly, there are some eerie similarities with the life that is yours. I'm sorry. I don't re- well, remember what I was so saying. So if, if I was going to sue if I was going to sue Kevin Durant, I would need a sidekick. And that's where Mitch comes in. I don't think any discussion of this movie is complete without discussing discussing Brian's sidekick Mitch. <laughs> that collection of cardigans was great. I really want to give a shout out to the wardrobe department for thinking through his wardrobe and really nerding him up with the rest of the World of Warcraft dudes. I will help you sue Kevin Durant because you know how I feel about him. I'll sue him for any reason. I mean, okay, Mitch <laughs> Mitch the friend was fine. I thought he was a, a ripoff of Styles, the friend from Teen Wolf, who also made t-shirts for Scott in Teen Wolf, and in this movie it's for whoever the kid was named. Th- th- this entire movie is Teen Wolf, only Wait. without the wolf. Wait, what it's about a lot of movies? What about I will Mike read Mike? them to you now? Okay, yeah, go thank ahead. You go. Jerry Maguire 
It's my life, guys. Excuse wait, me. Wait, let's through this list. Wait, Jay, what part of Jerry Maguire is the fake power? agent stuff? The agent hanging around. So, we are saying because Jerry Maguire was agent that resembles Kevin Durant switching bodies with this kid movie. No, no, no. He's, this so, is, he's taking elements from put all, all these. these pull all these in a stew, and when you Thank take you. it, when you take a bite, you're gonna taste thunderstruck. Jerry right, Maguire, <laughs> Teen Wolf, almost famous, Rookie of the Year. Varsity Blues, Gareth Hughes, like Mike, <laughs> Twenty One Jump Street, <laughs> Hoosiers, and The Shining. The Shining. Yes, I was terrified throughout, and I couldn't wait for it to be over. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this movie—I'm not joking. It was better than The Departed. It was like better. It was just a better movie than The Departed. The power switch needed needed work. I think Durant was fine. I thought his acting was good. We're gonna well, talk. I, I did too, actually. I, in I, all I fairness, he, was, he did a good. We job. should give him credit for doing this movie. I can't believe he did a movie like this that involves he's getting ripped by the NBA guys. He's looking like an idiot. Candace Parker's ripping him to his face. Like I give him credit for doing this movie because I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Adam, surprise! Hardcore surprise. trolling tonight. I don't. Here's the thing. This, again, goes back to the building the brand of Kevin Durant. Now, Kevin Durant, to reach children, could have done a children's book. Don't you could have done an animated living? Could have done an animated series, but decided to make this decent but unnecessary film in order to reach a target demographic, which is the 12 and under loser like Gareth. Look, I want to <laughs> talk about... I, Sorry, I, I really believe I, I really believe we have to here. give and I we have to give credit to Kevin Durant for getting out there and providing a a competent acting performance. He is a at this time 2012 I believe he was coming off his MVP season. He is a top 1 or 2 NBA player in the world and he's acting. Yeah, okay, Adam You've got an opinion about this movie. Uh, so this movie's racist. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Well, I'll tell you why. It really struck me, and it actually did offend me a little bit towards the end. So, of course, as we knew this would play out, Kid gets the powers, and he is lighting it up in high school. I believe 38.8 points per game was the stat used uh, as per game average. That is outstanding. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant can't literally can't make a shot, can't make a layup. Kevin Durant, with the best coaching resources in the world and all the time in the world, can't seem to get his game back. However, inevitably, as we knew would happen, they switch powers back because Kevin Durant needs the, the skills back for the playoffs. However, interestingly enough, the white kid becomes a scrappy, get-after-it, <laughs> play defense, and is dishing passes like Magic He's Johnson. He's Delavadova, baby. Miss dishing passes like Magic Johnson, and at the end, in his reunion with Kevin Durant, is knocking down jumpers, which goes to tell you, gym rat. if you are a white player... You, through hard work and the use of your brain, you can succeed at almost anything. If you're Kevin Durant, once your magic powers are gone, 
even though you're tall and black, you're just shit out of luck. <laughs> I, yeah, they, I mean, Kevin Durant is playing the part of the magical black man in this movie. He is the magical so, Negro yeah. in this movie. That is the, yep, the yep. movie device. I uh, That's a really interesting take I had not thought about. Of course <laughs> you haven't. Clearly racist, racist thoughts of in my own Of course you haven't, man of privilege. I will say this, though, at the end. <laughs> one reason they won the game, first of all, I did not care at all about that high school team. As soon as the uh, Kevin Durant's team made the playoffs, I was like, oh, okay, movie's over. And then I was like, wait, there's 20 more minutes left? Oh, the high school kid, yeah. So there's a dude on his team who like threw down like 14 monster dunks the in black that guy. final. Yeah, a black dude who in the team that just didn't discovered. didn't have his magical powers stolen. I was literally watching it on my phone on the train, and I was like, oh, Kevin Durant suited up for this team, and I had to re- rewind it and be like, where did this kid come from? Oh, they were there the whole movie as supporting cast. Uh, I, my favorite scene yeah, is Connor. They, they probably also worked the a catering line. Yeah, yeah. Connor was the rich kid. My favorite scene is Connor as as you know, uh, uh, movie Gareth is dribbling in circles around the opponents. Connor's going, "What's he doing? What's he doing?" He's like screaming it like Keanu Reeves in Point Break, like the same line, like over and over again. And I was just like. Why did they think this was good? I mean, all this movie needed was more Kevin Durant and more racism. In conclusion, this movie was average. Not great, not bad, just kind of there. Adam, I will say (laughs) the agent tries to trade the powers back by tasing the kid. <laughs> he did. Totally inappropriate. He rubbed, was, oh, he like, also I another don't wanna, I don't want to see this. Like he's going to he's going to kill this kid. He also rubbed a, uh, a rabbit foot and uttered something that was uh, I don't I don't know if it's supposed to be Swahili, but of course racist again. Yeah. Um <laughs> Okay, well, that's Magical a hot take. Negro powers. I liked it. Thought it was better than Departed. Jesse I thought, Jackson is looking into this movie. I thought my hot take of it was better than The Departed was going to be the worst on this podcast, but uh, thank you for trumping me. Gareth, any final thoughts on the movie? I'll give you last take. Uh, I'd just like to point out a few Easter eggs. There's like there's some good references in there to Almost Famous. Hoosier's got a big shout-out. And I loved the joke at the beginning where they were going to a girl... Stacy King's party. So that made me laugh. Oh, good one. I don't get it. Stacy oh, King. Stacy King, the uh, basketball player. Mm-hmm. Very good. Ah. Yeah. And it's- I believe he played at Oklahoma, by the way. Oh, oh. It's Easter eggs like this is the reason why the movie got a 71% audience score rating and a 20% Rotten Tomatoes critics rating. Director <laughs> director Thunderstruck directed Big Mama's House too. So how racist could he be? Well, one thing, you know what else we didn't talk about at all? Uh Jim Belushi takes this role. I'm not quite sure why, but maybe he's a big Thunder fan. And then his son Because he likes money. You Jim know who I thought stole money. the movie? His son, Rob Belushi, the assistant coach. He That's his son? That's his son. Really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. I know because he did the Gatorade Sweat It to Get It ads and they were like hey uh you want to offer rob belushi up to any media nope you should have (laughs) you blew it (laughs) and with that we're gonna call it a day on thunderstruck uh go check it out you can rent it on itunes i did twice don't tell my wife i fell asleep the first time i had to rebuy it (laughs) me too And uh, go check it out. The movie's called, if you search it on iTunes, it's called Thunderstruck colon The Gareth Hughes Story. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. 
Today's show is sponsored by The Weatherneck. We spend a lot of time around athletes and super active people, and two things really stand out to us. They love staying active outdoors all year round, and they need quality equipment to do that. Enter The Weatherneck. The Weatherneck is a modern take on the bandana that's quick, quiet, clean, and comfortable, and it's designed specifically for performance outdoors. It features high-tech fabrics and powerful magnets that make it today's outdoor bandana, and it's comfortable. The center mesh section allows for full breath when active outdoors, and the wicking fabrics eliminate the nasty soaking wetness that can bunch up in fleeces. Everyone knows what it's like to put on like a knit scarf, try to be on a bike out in the cold. It's just awful. Your face gets super wet. And it's super convenient. It removes in one second with one hand. That's amazingly helpful if you're on the bike, on the run, or just outdoors doing your thing. I know the guys who created this. They are super smart, super passionate, the types of people I would trust. Go to theweatherneck.com for more information or to place an order, theweatherneck.com. All right, that is our show for this week. If you did not like it, just remember the immortal words of Eagle Safety, Malcolm Jenkins. The beauty, my friends, is in the imperfection. Thank you to all of our listeners, the beautiful and unique Sparkle Ponies. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Just Not Sports. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Just Not Sports. Email us tips, thoughts, topics, justnotsports at gmail.com. Let's end with some shout-outs. I'm going to give a shout-out to... Our guest today, ESPN College Hoops reporter C.L. Brown and SB Nation Baltimore Ravens writer Chris Braven-Brown. Uh, both really nice guys. Uh, very uh, very interesting to talk to. Very interesting to um, just go back and forth over email with the past few weeks. Glad I got to know those guys and um, glad they were able to join the show. Gareth, any shout-outs? Yeah, guys, I'd like to thank the entire cast, crew, Kevin Durant, Jim Belushi, everybody that worked on Thunderstruck, colon, the Gareth Hughes story. It was really inspirational to see my life story played out on a big screen like that. And uh, I think everyone, considering the adaptation circumstances, did a really faithful job in um, taking that story and making it something that will live on forever. I want to give a shout-out to Dave Cagwin, Matt Bartow. Brandon Valade, uh, Muhammad, the, the real members of the 1993 Talawana Middle School basketball team who really sweated out that tryout period and made the team. Um, and also to uh, Tommy Keith, who might have been 80 years old and apparently was kicked off the team. So thank you for thank you for opening up the career path for Gary. I can't do it. Adam, Adam just go. Uh, I would like to apologize to Kevin Durant. Nothing against you personally. Yeah, come on. I just don't like you. Um, so, as usual, I want to say shout out to uh, my boy Uzi. Def Jeff. The legend. Nice. Little Swanee. Meech. Ron Mack. And I remember this time, my other cousin Ron. Love those guys. Thank you for all you do. Um, and in the immortal words of Shaquille O'Neal. Booty rappers. Booty rappers. Stay booty. Stay booty. Booty. Stay booty. <laughs> <laughs>